This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center. Family owned and operated. A no pressure laid back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Wendell sends us a message on YouTube. He says, I feel like Kittle Bryles' offense is built around KJ, and when he's not there, he doesn't have a clue what to do. KJ is the man, and he looked fantastic on Saturday. Wendell, you're exactly right. KJ is the man. You saw it from the jump. These guys were ready to go. Their leader was back. He was on fire Saturday night. The offensive line was exploding off the football, giving Rocket Sanders gaping holes to run through all day long. At one point in time, I thought he was going to get close to uh, getting Darren's 320, is it 323 or 321? 321, I against South Carolina. They kind of yeah. put in A.J. Green and Rashad Dominion more in the second half. But a great performance from the offense, really great three quarters from the defense as well. And you dominated Ole Miss from the beginning on Saturday night. Once you have three 200-yard rushers in this game, you know, it, which is incredible. I know the the SEC now crew they were they were needing help looking up that stat, and uh, you know, statistically, you know, there was a lot of lot of running. But uh, yeah, I, I, if they had not kind of, I hate to say sideline, but rested or whatever rocket because that well, I don't remember how long that run was at the top of the third quarter, sixty nine yards, sixty eight yards. Yep. That put him at two twenty one at that point. And uh, I didn't print off the box. What did he end up, 230-something, 240? I mean, he you're exactly right. At that point, I wondered, what heck, if he gets one more good rip here, or 60 or 70 or 50 or 60, and just some, some maintenance runs, if you will, at six, seven, eight yards a clip, he didn't really need it. The average he had at that point, that many more carries 
to get, oh, I don't know, just another 100 yards in the game. That's the kind of day it was. Yeah, I thought maybe if they wanted to go after that, he could absolutely threaten uh, D-Max number. He had 232. Did have 24 rushes. You don't okay. want to get him at, at too much. And you do have the luxury of having A.J. Green and Rashad Dabinia, who are two quality backup running backs. And I know they didn't do much offensively in the second half outside of that third quarter run that you made reference to. But Rocket... Man, he, he, he talk, you said it from the beginning of the show. He had himself a night Saturday yeah. night against Ole Miss. Well, and you go back and look at those runs. These weren't like uh, trick plays or anything. These were right up the middle in the heart of the defense. So many of those, those uh, longer runs that Rocket hit started where? Between guard and center, it seemed like uh, two or three of them. He'd hit out there, linebacker had come up, he ran right by him, and boom, he was gone, and then it was on the safety, and he worked the angles uh, to get those long runs. So, I mean, there was a lot of times the safeties couldn't track him down, or, uh, or if they did, he'd already picked up a, a, a huge chunk. So these weren't plays where he's getting on the edge and making someone miss. He was going right through the heart of the uh, the Ole Miss defense. Got a text in from our buddy J.D. He thinks that Quincy McAdoo is now going to remain at cornerback the rest of the career. I thought Quincy played mm. a good game against Ole Miss on Saturday night. What have you thought about the true freshman from Clarendon? I got some buddies that were duck hunting there this weekend. What did you think about Quincy and how he's played to this point? Well, the texture may be right there, uh, but I'd sure like to see him a little bit at wide receiver before we make that decision. If he's this good at corner where he wasn't recruited to bring to be uh, to play he may maybe even be better at wide receiver may not I don't know wouldn't you like to at least see that through spring and kind of make up your mind uh maybe the coaches have seen enough in practice they've made up their mind maybe Quincy's made up his mind but we you know they've seen a lot more than we we will get to see but uh you know Rocket wasn't brought in to be a running back and I think they figured that out pretty well so yeah I, I hear what you're saying I think that guy's gonna be on the field somewhere either side of the ball and Boy, just to college, you rarely see that, that guy play both ways. But maybe he's one that uh, could give you some snaps in, when you need it uh, or in a package on that offensive side in addition to what he's doing on defense. He's a special young man, and yeah. he is uh, making everyone in Clarendon, Arkansas, proud each and every week. Texted from Jamie saying Sam may have called off the dogs a little soon. He did talk about in the postgame press conference that maybe they did that, but he also mentioned what you said earlier that at the end of the day we had more – points than they did and that's what yeah. matters and I don't when you say call off the dogs I mean does that mean pulling rocket and just running AJ and her shot even though rocket was a, I mean they were just running the same stuff they just weren't getting the same push and the same holes it's not like he was telling the O-line hey guys don't block for him anymore let's just get two or three yards it's not like that was happening they were it looked like they were running the same stuff it just wasn't as impactful as it was for really the first two quarters well you know let's be honest you, you know Clock, clock is your friend, managing that, trying to, to run the offense. I get frustrated watching, and Arkansas is guilty of this at times, but you watch other teams do this too, that you have a two or three touchdown lead, you have a, a comfortable margin. And I saw Illinois do this some, where you don't use all of the play clock because you get in such a rhythm of fast tempo and going quick and all these things that, hey, every second that ticks off is one less snap the other team can take and – it just moves you a step closer to, to win it. Sometimes you get too conservative too early, but Arkansas's lead the entire second half was one where you should be managing clock. Yeah, and they did, and Arkansas had that game well in hand. I was wondering when I was going to see Malik Hornsby or Cade Ford at some point, 
And, uh, it, again, that's what was nice about Saturday's game. It really was never in doubt. As soon as Rocket busted off that 68-yard touchdown in the third quarter, you were like, all right, this game's over. Let's, what, what, what did Quinn say back in 2015? He said, let's go home. Let's get out of here. Uh, I think that were, maybe it was 2020 when they said that. But that was, uh, that was something. This is a text from William and Jonesboro. He brings up, it's a great sports, it was a great sports weekend. So the Dallas Cowboys won, Kansas City Chiefs won, my roommates, yeah. Baltimore Ravens won, yet Arkansas win. The soccer, girls' soccer team is in the Elite Eight. Great performance. They went in PKs against Memphis last night inside of Razorback Stadium. So congrats to Colby Hale and company going to Elite Eight back to back years. And you've got the United States national team playing Wales today in the World Cup. I know that's something Matt Jones is really excited about, Tommy. Well, you mentioned the the soccer team Friday night. They played out there uh, what against Ohio State, and you talk about a cold night, and it looked like they had a pretty good crowd considering the conditions. Uh, but what a cold night for soccer! You don't think about soccer being a cold weather sport always, but man, this weekend uh, they had to that battle through it with Colby Hill's crew to to get those two wins. Yeah, it was uh, it was an intense game on Saturday night. And again, I was watching the tail end of it. I was happy for the girls. We had the it's the Sunday night football game with the Kansas City Chiefs and the uh, Los Angeles Chargers on one TV, and then we watched them win in PKs last night. Did so, yeah. Elite Eight. So, hopefully, that'll, uh, hopefully that happens and they continue on. All right, more on this Arkansas win. So, Jackson Dart was off at times. I, I heard on the – you were watching the television broadcast. I watched it yesterday because I mm-hmm. saw it in person, obviously, and then watched it, and they were mentioning Cole Kublik – uh, Jordan Rogers and Tom Hart were mentioning that Dart, he's a Cali boy. He hates playing in cold weather. You could tell he missed some throws. He was off at times. The guys, the place that made it seemed like they were, again, as I brought up earlier, brought back from penalties. You had really the opening, one of the opening positions. I think they had a, uh, a penalty on their opening play as well and just killed them last night. Uh, you had a holding on that fourth and nine. There was just some stuff that they could not execute on. But Dart was off. KJ looked like he was thriving in it. Jackson Dart, not the same way. You know, you stop me to reflect on this and just going into the game, the approach from the head coaches to me. Which one of these head coaches this past week do you think is more likely to have a Salt Life sticker on the back of their car? That'd be Lane Kiffin in his. It'd be Lane Kiffin. You know, warm weathers, you know, shorts and sandals kind of guy, you know, let your hair grow out kind of guy. And which one do you think is just a little more tougher? Uh, you know, Sam Pittman, old old line guy. I think just probably the way the coaches were talking to their teams going into last week had something to do with the mental preparation. You had to have a mental toughness and a mental expectation going into a night like Saturday, where it was what thirty four at kickoff, got down into the twenties, and it wasn't easy. And I think the coaches, the coaching staffs, that got their teams ready with toughness because you got to be tough. I don't. You can talk about cold and layering up. Well, that's one thing. Sit in the stands and layer up, and you know, get your long johns on. It's another thing to go out there and play in a football game yeah. where your hands are exposed and you got to, you know, you know, just what I do on Friday nights fishing. I'm gonna tell you Friday night, and I, just me trying to deal with the footballs and getting them. It, 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 at some point, that just gets tough. The ball gets hard. It gets all of those things. Uh, it, there's nothing easy about playing in the cold, and there is a mental aspect and a mental toughness that comes along with that. And I think Arkansas is just more more prepared for that element of this game, it appeared to me, and that's why they jumped on them early. And I, I'm, once again, thoroughly impressed with our fan base and showing out and being loud, having an impact on the game. For those in attendance, you know how loud it was on Saturday night. I know we were up in Section 521. It was a lot of fun. Tommy, we're at the... So we're, we're up there, and I didn't know how cold it was going to be. I actually felt great. My body was numb 
uh, for probably a number of different reasons. But so we're we're cheering. I mean, there's there's nine of us, right? And this uh, this o- older gentleman and his wife. He's like, I love how y'all support the Hogs. He pulls out a full thing of Maker's Mark. Like I, I I don't know if how he's, you get that through the. Game? I, he just had in his jacket. He goes, y'all finish this, and it, it, it hadn't even been opened. He just pulls wow. his maker's mark out of his jacket and is like, y'all deserve this. Thanks for coming or something like that. And, uh, yeah, so we had that. There may or may not have snuck in some some little things of fireball in there. That was a huge, uh, if I had to guess, fireball sales in the state of Arkansas were at an all-time high last week. But I really wasn't as cold as I thought it would be. Maybe it was the adrenaline amongst other things. But uh, thoroughly impressed with this fan base and, and bringing intensity once again to Razorback Stadium. Yeah, and uh, now you could you could feel the crowd th- through there. Now, uh, now you mentioned the the TV broadcast. You went back and watched it after being there. I didn't understand all the complaining about the announcers being on the field. Boy, everybody. I mean, I, I and I might be alone in this camp on this thought, but I mean, I don't know that I want to watch every game this way with the, the announcing crew on the field. But everybody was having a fit over this, and I. Yeah. I I thought they did a good job. Once they got past some of the technical issues, and maybe I'm a little more tolerant of it because I know what happens with us from time to time, I enjoyed it. And everyone on Twitter had a, uh, you know, a, a different view of that. What did you think of it? Because I thought it was – I wouldn't want to watch every game this way. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool the way they went about it. And particularly for the game, the way the, way the game worked out, all those extra, you know, sideline shots and interviews yeah. and being able to put yeah, – all that – fit in perfectly for a game that was a, a runaway train. Well, it was interactive. You had Grant Morgan yeah. getting interviewed at one point, the Burlesworth Trophy winner from last year. You had Cole Kublix and Jordan Rogers sitting with some fans either in the North or South Touchdown Club. I mean, there were several things that they did. I did find this clip funny. You want to be at field level? You want to experience it? This is it. I didn't say eat the grass, but yeah. you have a different diet than I do. It's earthy. <laughs> it's also painted. That can't be good for you. This is, how you feel right here. this is where you get the feel with the O-line, the D-line, exactly how things are working out in the trenches. It's the best view in the house right here. I think Les Miles was onto something. I'm with you, man. I didn't have an issue with them doing it. They're just trying to something new, spice it up. And you, 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 there were points in, in the game where Tom uh, Hart's mic was going in and out or just wasn't working. But I thought it was just unique and I mean, they're trying to like talk it. with fans. I didn't hate it at all. I thought it was well, just a different thing that they tried. That Again, I didn't have a, a big thing I, against I, it. I admire them from trying it and from a production standpoint, from a crew trying to pull that off. And I think we, you know, because of what we do, I have a little more patience with some of those things. And But I'm going to tell you from the, 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 the people behind the, the cameras, getting all that done, it's not easy. But I enjoy like when Bumper Pool, they went over and Tom Hart puts his arm around Bumper Pool right on the sideline and, Talks to him about you know the game and his yeah. career. You know, to me that was that was a bonus. So um, I, I think because of the way the game was already decided for a lot of the second half, they were able to work in some you know less reverent moments, if you will, or just a little more casual moments. But I liked it because I think the three of them work well together. So I don't think you're going to see Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson doing that anytime soon, nor could they probably pull that off with their personalities. But I thought I thought that crew did a great job with it, and I don't understand all the pushback on that. Rowdy brings up, he said it was okay at best. He just felt like they were uh, making up stuff as they go. They were. 
because the game was no – I mean, from from a neutral standpoint, the game was no good. Unless you're a Razorback fan or an Ole Miss fan, there was no reason to watch that game in the second half. Ben and Little Rock brings up, you probably liked when he interviewed the ref, how cold he was, right? You remember when Do what? Rogers walked over to the referee and said, are you cold? Oh, yeah, yeah, that he was said, yeah. Yeah, I'm freezing. Casey brings up, our fan base yeah. complains about the broadcast regardless. I thought it was great. Casey, you're right, man. Arkansas, and I listen, I'm in this camp too. I complain. I'm bad. If if I had one vice, I, honestly, I got a lot of vices, but complaining at points in time, Casey, is is one of those that I'm definitely in the same camp as, as Razorback fans. Jamie thought it was hilarious when, he, when they were asking the ref and other points. Ryan loved it. Tommy, you, you sparked a discussion this morning. We've talked more of the, the nitty-gritty stuff of the football, but as soon as you bring up the broadcaster yeah. section, people have well, opinions on this. He thought NCAA Hog and Yellfield thought it was tacky. That's, it's not always, oh, always going to be smooth. Get over it. I mean, th- this is the SEC network. This was not CBS. This was not uh, – uh, uh, this was fun. Uh, again, if the game had been 14-14 to 14 headed into the fourth quarter, maybe I feel different about it, but I – I admire the the willingness of the SEC network, which is ESPN, to try something different, to get out of the box. I mean, you got to find a way to to make people want to watch, and maybe they go back and say, "Oh, this didn't work." They tried it once last year, and, and obviously they felt good enough about it to try it again. So, I, I don't, I just don't understand. I mean, like everyone, I think like me and you are alone on this, Ty. We're we're the only ones out here on this that that thought it was good. At least on Twitter, William and Jonesboro enjoyed it. Uh, Jesse and Fort Smith thought it was hilarious that they were cracking them up. Chaz says liked pe- it. people just like to complain about the same old stuff. Jason well, says, Tommy, let's just face it. Most Arkansas fans aren't happy unless they have something to complain about itself. I, I am of the in the camp that most of us think we know how to referee, call plays, and announce games. That's the one thing everybody has an opinion on every week is the announcers hate our school, the refs are against us because the league office told them to be, and if I was calling plays, I'd have called this one. Everybody seems to think they're experts in all three categories that they've never done any of those three jobs. But, again, we you know we got opinions on the announcing. This time it wasn't because they were against you. I thought it was a better, if you will, infomercial for the University of Arkansas. So, you know, I, I thought it did a better job of showcasing some things because how much of their sideline antics, if you want to call it, really centered around Ole Miss's story? It was all about the Hogs. Yeah. Let's take some calls this morning. Jimmy's in Conway. Go ahead, Jimmy. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, I love the announcers, man. Sitting on the sideline or up in the stands covered up with a fan's blanket eating their popcorn saying, yeah. how about those Hogs? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome for the university. Yeah. I got another thing, uh, Mr. McAdoo. How many times Saturday night did you see Ole Miss complete a pass? The receiver is running away from his defender. McAdoo comes into the picture, passes our original defender, and catches the guy. Yeah, I saw that several times. He had one. This young man is a star. Yeah, he's gonna right. he's gonna be good. Jimmy, he had one. I forget if it was Malik Keith or if it was uh, Mingo. One of those guys caught, uh, beat their cornerback and. Like you're saying, Quincy just came out of the frame out of nowhere. He is a uh, he's a speed demon, dude. That kid can fly. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jimmy's got a good observation there about him taking the angles and showing off his speed. So uh, that's a good observation on your part, Jimmy. Because there was several times where you know he he was really kind of tracking down as a safety and getting there uh, and, and saving the day. So I mean, his speed is uh, 
he's pretty awesome as well. You can see exactly why they would want him at wide receiver. Yeah. Let's talk to Eddie, who is in Clarksville. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, gentlemen. And uh, thank you for taking my call this morning. First of all, I'd like to congratulate the whole team, the seniors. Uh, this win made me look at this coaching staff a little differently. Uh, i tell you what. When they say there's a phrase, characters major when your back is against a wall. It's been used in a field of battle. Uh, I tell you what, the characters showed up Saturday night. Not only did you beat a ranked team, but now you're going to a bowl. And as I watched last night, you know, there may be some, you win, especially this Friday in Columbia, going to maybe an opportunity, play some good teams. What would that mean for this university? I mean, recruiting is everything, being consistent is everything. So congratulations to the whole team. And for the seniors, God bless you, and thank you for the time at the U of A. About it, if you would, just give me a special moment this morning. You know, two, uh, two days ago, I received the most devastating news. I've said this before, and I just want to give another thanks again any parent could receive. I received thousands of letters across this country, people I don't even know. But I'd like to give a special thanks to Bo Manley, Seth, and Bart. Uh, man, they are good, man. I tell you what, when you're devastated, what do you think simple letters and support means? I mean, you can't survive something like that without emotional support. I'd like to thank my D.C. family, my Walmart family, my general manager, Pat Ingram, uh, all my management, all the associates at Walmart, D.C., and Clarksville, Arkansas, to the corporate offices, to all the fleet drivers. And to everybody that gave, Ray Lost Plumbing, uh, I'll tell you, that's where my son, he was a licensed plumber for uh, in Little Rock. I mean, just, uh, but I like to read one. People ask me all the time, say, Eddie, how did you survive that? You're a strong person. Not really. Uh, but I'll tell you what, this is how I did. But as I was going through the letters after my son's funeral, what do you think something like this meant? I never had an opportunity to meet Chad Morris. He was going through, I mean, he was about to be fired. And, I mean, he took the time. And, you know, my wife brought me a letter and said it was signed Chad Morris. But I'll just read this briefly to you. I'm so sorry to hear your family's loss. Praying for your strength, for you and your family, at this most difficult time. I appreciate your passion and love for the Razorbacks. Anything that I can do, thoughts and prayers, go with you and your family. Uh, and it was signed Chad Morris. I, and it had a sizable check. In it. Isn't that something? Never had an opportunity to meet the man. What do you think that t meant to my two grandkids that are left behind? I got to set up a, a trust fund for my kids, uh, my grandkids, and uh, Luke and Lauren, who are doing well. That, and when you gather with your family and friends this Thanksgiving, make it mean a little bit more because there's good hearts. And uh, all across this country, thanks to all the fan base, hey, we're going to a bowl. How great is that? And just wanted to give a great appreciation to all. God bless all and have the happiest Thanksgiving and make it mean a little bit more this Thursday. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Eddie. Uh, happy Thanksgiving week to all those and a lot to be thankful for. Tommy, I don't know if we can make fun of Chad Morris anymore on this show well, based on that story. Jeez, those, are, please. those are the things that don't get told, and I'm glad Eddie shared that this morning. I mean, it's a, it, it's hard. Um on people that have lost loved ones recently. We've got some in our work family. Uh, we've all probably got something. I mean, we could all get on here and tell stories about it. But um, this is the time of the year we need to check on our friends and our loved ones that are 
going through it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash westwood1. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash westwood1 now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash westwood1. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, I got some text on this. The question What bowl game do you want Arkansas to play in this season? Now, I've seen a couple different projections where the Oklahoma Sooners could line up and be your opponent. That's who Brad in Fayetteville wants to play. Jeffrey Dirk says he's seen a projection of Baylor in the Texas Bowl. That'd be fun for my household for obvious reasons. I think Baylor Brad's a little distraught after his Bears came up oh so short against the TCU Horned Frogs this weekend. But, I mean, Tommy, and these are within reason, right? All Everyone's right. going to say college football playoff. You're not going to the college football playoff. But, Bowl games within reason. I'm thinking Nashville, Music City, Memphis, Liberty Bowl, Houston, Texas Bowl, maybe Vegas. I think Oklahoma and Illinois are kind of the opponents you'd want to play, kind of at the top of the pecking order, right? Question is, who's going to Houston? I think, you know, Arkansas could be in, like you mentioned, Vegas. Memphis would be great, but all those teams to the east, you're going to have a bunch of those that need to land somewhere. It's still about selling tickets. Where would Arkansas fans show up big? I think, you know, if you're worried about having a full house and selling tickets, Memphis is the answer. I don't know how many people the week before Christmas are going to travel to Vegas. That's the best facility you can play in, but that game's on December 17th. There's some other things, I think, you know, behind the scenes that are good from recruiting and portal and all those standpoints. But Vegas is a tough trip for people to just to, to do in, in short notice because you got to remember you don't find out till the 4th. Well, that's like less than two weeks, you know, you're playing. So that that's a hard deal for your fan base to really get in on. And then uh, 
you know, so I think Memphis is the best deal, but I have a sneaking suspicion it may end up being down in Houston just because A&M's not going to qualify for bowl. LSU's going to be above that. Ole Miss is above that. I guess you could send State over there. Missouri, I hope, doesn't qualify for bowl because that means they lost this week. So, I mean, you start running out of teams to go to Houston, Texas. Yeah, no A&M. <laughs> no, not going to uh, College Station, even though it's close to Houston, <laughs> A&M's not going. Now, I put this poll out on my social media. Nashville won with 42%. Although, I don't think he played there since 03. But, Tommy, the way Kentucky season is gone, I think that Kentucky's going to – Lexington's three hours away. I think that they're going to put Kentucky in Nashville for the Music City Bowl, if I had to guess. Yeah, maybe South Carolina, after Saturday night, moved themselves to a Florida Bowl. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, eight wins probably get you to Florida. Obviously, uh, George is going to go up. It's, hey, the other thing you got to figure out is what ends up happening with – Alabama. I still think we're at a point. The question is, does Tennessee still get a New Year's Day six? They've obviously eliminated themselves from the college football playoff. I think if they still beat Vanderbilt, they're still going to the peach or the sugar or, or at worst citrus. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're you know you got Georgia in there. Probably now you're down to unless LSU beats um, unless LSU beats uh, Georgia, you're gonna have one SEC team in the playoff. Then LSU is going to probably go to the Sugar Bowl. Then you're going to have um, Tennessee, probably in you know I don't know what how it's called Peach Orange you know one of those. So and the question is, does Bama get in there and you got four between the playoff and the New Year's Day six? Yeah, they're, they're probably going to be high enough in the rankings to justify that. Then somebody's going to the Citrus Bowl. So now you're down to the new you know the the SEC right now is what I got. 11 teams, 10 or 11 teams that, that have been made themselves bowl eligible. So you kind of start running out of teams. I, I could even see a five-win team getting in this year and uh, taking up some in-bottom slots. And maybe the SEC just doesn't have anybody for Birmingham or that Gasparilla Bowl. That might be end up where it, where it lines up. You think our fan base would rather play Brett Bielema or Oklahoma? Well, I, I'd rather play Oklahoma because I think Illinois is going to be harder to beat. I mean, they're, Illinois is a better team. Uh, so, I mean, I'd rather beat the Sooners any day, all day, twice on Sunday. But uh, Illinois would not be easy to get past. And, you know, their heads are hanging a little bit after they let Michigan off the hook this weekend. But don't kid yourself, the, the better winning opportunity is playing Oklahoma. Brad Mountain Home texted in. He said it's hard to get up for a bowl game because some players may not play. Drew Sanders will probably – all right, I don't know this 100%, but if you're yeah. – Kuiper has him going first round. I don't know what his actual NFL draft grade is, but if he's dra- he's probably, if I had to guess, not going to play. He's probably going to opt out. Now, that's just a complete, uneducated guess on my part. Who else do you think would consider opting out for the bowl game if that occurred? Well, I think there'd be several, but I think Stromberg probably wouldn't play. You mentioned Drew Sanders probably wouldn't play. I, I wonder because of just the way he's been beat up and banged up, not because he's going to the draft, does KJ play in a bowl game? You know, Girls. okay, I know. Oh, that would me, stink. <laughs> well, I know, but stop and think about it a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know what their decision on that would be because of the way he's been beat up at this point. But maybe, you know, you get a month off unless you play in Vegas. Maybe maybe that's uh, not even on the table. I just wonder about that. So I think there will be some that – that believe they have any – I think if you got any chance to be in the draft, it's a consideration. And if you're in the first two or three rounds of the draft, it's almost a requirement anymore to sit out, even though I just hate the fact that you opt out on your team. I'm not I'm not going to go as far as saying you quit on your team because they 
they certainly uh, have a lot of money at stake, but it sure takes away a lot, um, you know, from, from trying to predict whether you can win or a lot. And I don't know, you know, at this point, if you lose a bowl game and two or three or four of your stars are sitting out, I mean, how do you really put that on the coaches? How many teams can survive and be better with that four or five of their best players? Not many. We saw Penn State depleted roster yeah. last year with all their guys opting out, and that was very much showcased in that game Absolutely. last year. That is our Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question, Tommy. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. You can log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. Talking about KJ Jefferson a little bit. Coach Pittman very high on his quarterback, as he should be. KJ was magnificent in this football game. And and kind of leading up into it, we got questions. I got questions all the way up to game time about his health. And here was what Coach had to say, kind of leading up to the game on Saturday night. I was not surprised. He had no medication or anything like that this week. We made the decision last week because of the week before. You know, he hadn't practiced. And I think we just would have put him in that cycle of non-practice, give it up for the team. Not, And he would have done it. We felt like if we get him back and because our defense has been playing better and because they're healthier as well, too, we felt like we could come and maybe do what we did tonight and it was about his health, too. But no, I wasn't because he's been throwing it really well in practice. Yeah, we saw that on Saturday night. Tommy, he was on it, and the offense definitely responded to their leader and starting quarterback being back. Know, we talk about that, that rising tide that lifts all boats. That's KJ. I mean, I, I tweeted at some point just, just a, a, a thought. He is not the straw that stirs the drink. He's the whole drink. I mean, that's, that's what KJ is. You could just see it by the way he played, and, you know, I think what it also showed you is how beat up he was coming out of that BYU game. Um, you know, how, how really he was he needed that week. And in the end, maybe they misplayed it uh, with the Liberty game and ended up putting themselves in a position not to win because he tried to play, you know, far less than healthy. So, I mean, that's all water under the bridge. That's your spilt milk uh, this morning. But um, you, it's the point is it's clear what he means to this team. And, they went to a different level. The passing game and the balance in the offense, his ability to run the football, what it did for Rocket Sanders, who ends up with 230-some-odd yards on Saturday night. So all of those things and the success that people like Rocket and others had, Matt Landers had in this ballgame, all are a result of what the defense has to respect, Ty, out of KJ's presence. Let's talk to Les, who's in magazine this morning. What's going on, Les? Hey, guys. Hey, Les. Well, I, I got a couple comments and i guess uh y'all kind of covered a little bit on the kj thing with the draft but uh the broadcast crew being on the field i personally enjoyed it a lot more and you know from the norm of the uh seeing the broadcasters always seem to support the other team or seem they were biased or lean towards them so to see them out there on the field interacting i thought it was a lot more entertaining because the game kind of got boring there towards the end uh, another thing on the uh, game, I'm sure y'all noticed that a lot of people were complaining about Ole Miss having 650 yards and, you know, they started coming back. I saw that as give me points. I mean, we're up 42 to 6, you know, after the uh, first possession of the second half. And I'm, 
it's just giving points. There's no way we're going to let you come back from that. So, you know, mm-hmm. what's the point in, you know, really stopping you when we're going to win anyway? There wasn't enough possessions uh, for them to come back. Yeah. And, I mean, th- there was just so much complaining about I can't believe we gave them 650 yards. Well, who cares? We won. Yeah. It's always something to complain about. But, yeah. uh, anyway, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, the KJ thing, that that was a big question for me. Is like, is the Malik Hornsby, and I forget what the other guy's name is. I, I feel bad for it. But, uh, is it just – is it just due to the lack of experience that it seems like they can't lead the team? Do you think it's the team doesn't really trust them yet? Or what are your takes on something like that? We appreciate uh, your call this morning, Les. I mean, you just got one guy's an SEC quarterback, two that aren't. And that's what it boils down to. KJ can play in this league. I don't think we can say that about Malik and Cade. And some will say, oh, that's unfair to those guys. No, it's not. It's just the truth. I mean, you got the backup. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy that has shown time and time again when you need him, he's going to come through. His name's KJ Jefferson. The other guys, it's just not the same case. I mean, Les, you probably played high school sports. There's probably a guy that you played with that you just knew when he was on the court or when he's on the field that you guys were going to win the game. Whatever the case may be, that's how this team feels about KJ Jefferson. And I think Saturday night was just another case example of that, Tommy. Yeah, I mean. How many teams get better? I mean, even Alabama, Georgia. I mean, just go down Ohio State. Just keep going down the list. Find me a team that's better with a backup quarterback in. I mean, just, there's a reason that, that that who starts and plays the the vast majority of the snaps is is a starter. I mean, it's just basic. It's one on one stuff. So I mean, it's not that Cade Fortin can't be a leader. Maybe maybe if Malik Hornsby from the get go had gotten all of the reps and all of the development and all of the snaps, maybe it'd be different. They didn't because K.J. won the job. So I just don't know very many cases anywhere in sports where the number two generally improves the team. There's a The starter is a starter. Let's talk to Nelson, who's in Harrison with you, Tommy. What's up, Nelson? Hey, guys. I just wanted to say, man, that uh, this game Saturday night was the absolute bomb. I was in Section one four, uh, 124, uh, you know, Row 28, uh, right there, I mean, right on the, pretty close to on the field. And, you know, whenever I walked into the stadium with my buddy that I went with, I was like, man, what do you think the crowd's going to be like? And at kickoff, I mean, like 15 minutes before kickoff, it was kind of sparse. But, man, it filled in quick. It went, I mean, it went live. That was the livest crowd I've ever, I mean, Honestly, to be in the situation that our football team is in, not really having the best season, freezing cold, the only game colder was I went to the Liberty Bowl in 2010. That thing was cold because we were losing to ECU. It was terrible. But now this game here, man, if you if you missed this game and you wasn't in attendance, you missed something because this game was completely, I mean, off the chain. And I gotta say that I'm thankful this week for you guys, for all the Razorback Nation, for my friends. Man, I'm I'm living the best life ever. I got to go see the Auburn game live, Kentucky game live, and this game live, and I spent a grand total of fifty bucks to see all of those. So, guys, thanks for all that you do, and have a great day. And go Hogs! 
today in basketball and go Hawks forever. Thanks, Nelson. I want to know, Tommy, who his ticket. He got to see the number one team in the country go down. The biggest rival you have in basketball in this game on Saturday night. Nelson, you got a good connection, it sounds like. Yeah, someone that was in attendance on Saturday night, it was great. Y'all y'all always bring it. It's always a lot of fun. And I was kind of in the same boat as Nelson, crowd initially, and it was the same way for LSU. And for whatever reason, Arkansas fans love to tailgate, and they sometimes tailgate into the actual game itself before it actually, or as it begins, and they started piling in. And really, Tommy, the only empty part of the stadium was the the top part of the student section. Everywhere else was, I mean, there were good, I'm not going to say it was completely full, but there were ju- good chunks of fan everywhere. And I think the seniors that were there on Saturday night, you could tell Bumper Pool was emotional getting talked to on the game broadcast. That meant the world to them. You as a fan base mean the world to them, especially putting up with the Chad Morris crap the first two years uh, of his tenure. So I, I know every single one of those young men appreciated you guys bringing 100% on Saturday night. Well, it's a good crowd, and uh, you had every reason to not go. I mean, I didn't go. I mean, you know, I didn't want to be out in the cold for, and and I could have sat inside, but it just it, it there was a lot of reasons people didn't go, and uh, but they found someone that wanted to go. Every one of the tickets I had at my disposal, somebody used that ticket, and uh, there was plenty of people. Uh, that wanted to go. Hey, come by and see us this morning. We're uh, we're live here. Uh, brought to you this morning by Pascal Air or Pascal Heat Air and Plumbing. This morning, you can also uh, come by and see us this morning at uh, Neighbors Mill. We're in Harrison on Highway 65. Uh, all of our uh, broadcasts this morning made possible by Explore Harrison. Lots going on for the holidays, so come by and see us. Uh, time for breakfast this morning here at uh, Neighbors Mill in Harrison. As I said, Pascal. Heat, air, and electric bringing you the morning rush. Chuck, tell us more about Pascal. One sec. All right. Man, it sure feels like winter is here to stay, but I also know we've probably got some warm days here and there between the end of the calendar year, and you really want to make certain this time of year that your heating and cooling system is working at its peak, and that's where the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric come in. This is a 50-year-old company, number one. They've been doing this a long time. They're Arkansas-owned. They're Arkansas-operated, and I want to recommend Pascal's protection plan to you. What this does is guarantee that your system is running the way it should, regardless of the season. You're going to get priority scheduling, too, and that's important. And I think what you're going to find is that the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric are going to be able to identify your issue if, you're, if there is one. They're going to be able to tell you there's not an issue if there's not one, and they're going to keep you up and running all year long. They've expanded their operations from northwest Arkansas into the River Valley. They're in Hot Springs now, Searcy, Cabot, Newport. If you're listening in southwest Missouri, they're in the Joplin and Carthage areas. Charlie Boyce is the owner, former Razorback. He's a third-generation HVAC operator. This is what he was born to do. Got a lot of former Razorbacks out there with him. Trey Holloway's there, Nick Schmidt. Remember those guys? Casey Rowlett, Brian McClellan, Drew Vest is there. They got a lot of them, and they're ready to work for you. They are pros. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. Professional people, professional service. GoPascal.com. Could not have said it any better, my friend Chuck. All right, now I think this is a first-time caller, Tommy, and he is calling from Quincy McAdoo's hometown. Timothy is in Clarendon. Timothy, what's up, man? Quincy has played great this season as a true freshman. Yeah. Yes, he has. I've been watching him, man. I'm happy for him. And then, um, and then, um, 
And then Arkansas need to watch out for the quarterback this year for Hazen. Hazen quarterback supposed to be good. His name Luke King. Look, y'all got to keep an eye on him. He making some noise this year. They playing in the semifinals against EPC this week too. And then I hope Arkansas. What bowl game do y'all think Arkansas might go? That's a good question. Timothy, we appreciate your call. I know that uh, you're really high on how Quincy's been this season. I'm sure everyone in Clarendon is is thrilled to see uh, their guy performing thus far. We were talking about that a little earlier. I mean, Houston for the Texas Bowl, Memphis for the Liberty Bowl. You got the Vegas Bowl, and you got Nashville for the Music City. Did I leave one out, Tommy? Is there one that you think maybe the the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl? They won't send them to Tampa back-to-back, will they? I don't think... I don't think so. Uh, you know, Arkansas would have to get – I mean, obviously, they think seven's the best that you can do. You beat another ranked opponent. There's some things in those seven wins, if, if you get another one, that might put you in that conversation. But you got to remember, when, when you get into a bowl game, the, the, the school's on the hook for usually 17 to 20, low 20-something thousand seats. And if you can't sell them, you you buy them. It comes out of your bowl proceeds. I mean, there's and, and each bowl's got a little bit different number. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the SEC sets it up where, well, more, once you get in that group of six bowls amongst the SEC, it's a little more geographically based. So that's why I think Memphis is a is a good one. Houston, you know, Houston's so far removed from so much of the footprint of the conference. I wouldn't be surprised if Houston doesn't work its way into the mix, particularly with A and M out of bowl contention right now. I wouldn't hate Houston. I've got a, a few friends that live down uh, there and uh you I mean you whooped Texas last time you played in that. I don't Well, you know, it, it's a you know, you'll be matched up with another another team of a similar record. Um They'll put Oklahoma there. Drivable. Right? I mean yeah, they have to, they right? Well, I think the uh the the Liberty Bowl or Houston both are, are Big 12 ties. Uh, it's a Big Ten tie. I don't have that that sheet right with me on me. Yeah, I do. Let me look this up over here. The from the league, but you know, it's a Big Ten tie with uh, with the Vegas Bowl and the in Music City. So, I mean, listen. You, after Saturday night, you're just happy to be on the list. Uh, if Amen. I had my druthers, I, I'd probably uh, probably choose Memphis just because of that. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. KJ Jefferson had quite the impact on Saturday night. Here's Coach Pittman on the team and how they responded with KJ back. The biggest improvement is KJ Jefferson, to be perfectly honest with you. When you have a guy behind you like that, it, it builds confidence in you. When you have a runner, a big runner that can physically run over people and on the draw play, they all came inside and he kind of cut outside for 
I don't know what it was, 20, 30 yards. And then I believe it was Lander's first touchdown after, right after that. Um, when you have a guy back there that can break tackles and make things happen, I think you play a little bit better, to be honest with you. Well, they did, Tommy. And KJ, not just throwing the football, running the football as well. We know he's always been good at that. He changed the entire outlook of that game on Saturday night. Hey, you can see everybody was, uh, even in the cold, a step faster, uh, just just seemed to be playing with another level of energy. And, uh, you know, it's, the cold seemed to bother one team, not bother the other. Arkansas jumped out early. They you know, had some good fortune. Uh, you know, they didn't turn the fumble early into points, but it, it slowed down some, some Ole Miss momentum, some penalties. Ole Miss couldn't get out of the way with penalties. I think you just you, you wrap all that up in one big holiday package here, and it it led to Arkansas just dominating the first half, which really, you know, the game was over by halftime. Do you think Saturday had anything to do with Lane's future decision or may have impacted on what he's deciding to do, staying in Oxford, moving to Auburn? Maybe his mind's already on that. Kind of your thoughts no. on that? No? No. No, I think we we all want to read into that. A, we don't know, you know, that there's, a, you know, been a reported offer from Ole Miss to extend him and keep him there, and they got the limitation of the four-year deal with, with the state of Mississippi, but... Uh, no, I don't. You know, I don't think Saturday's outcome had anything to do with his name being tossed around other jobs. I think Arkansas just lined up and whipped him. So, if you want to stay, why do you not sign the contract? You just make up the excuse when well, we're in season. I'm not worrying about that. But if it's everything you want, if it's that much money, then why don't you just go and sign the deal? Well, maybe it's, it's not everything he wants. It's reported. Again, that's Maybe a report. We don't know 100% if there's yeah. validity to that or anything. It's just a report right now. Yeah, what people say through the media or what gets re- – yeah, exactly. What's out there and on Twitter isn't necessarily fact. But, uh, no, I, I mean, it's almost disrespectful to Arkansas if you think that that had anything to do with the outcome of the game. I think Arkansas was just a tougher team, mentally tougher with the weather and just physically uh, – whipped him in the first half of the line of scrimmage. Well, you're hoping the same thing can be said about the team following this Friday's performance. They open up as a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Missouri on the Bet Saracen app. Speaking of Bet Saracen, you're a 14-and-a-half-point favorite against Louisville tonight. That's a game I know a lot of us are going to be excited about. Four o'clock, airtime beginning on at 3.30 right here on ESPN Arkansas and hit that line dot Tom, Tommy, this you'll you'll find a lot more about this basketball team this week. Maybe not necessarily today, because I don't know how good Louisville is, but definitely tomorrow when you play Creighton or Texas Tech. Yeah, I think uh, you're going to find out a lot. And I, I think even against Louisville, I know they've lost some close games against teams that you know a program like Louisville shouldn't be losing to. But uh, this I, and Arkansas is what a 14, 15 point favorite. Um, yeah, I hope it pans out. I hope the odds makers are right, but. I'm not expecting this just to be a walk in the park in Maui uh, against Louisville because of their record. I hope I'm wrong and Arkansas blows them out, but I'm I, I'm a little more uh, tentative about that. Last thing we can get into before we take some calls, the soccer team in the Elite Eight once again. Colby Hale squad defeat Memphis in PKs last night inside of Razorback Stadium. They're trying to get to the first Final Four under his leadership. That'd be awesome for the girls. Again, it was cold last night, Tommy. You don't think about that much with soccer, but kind of like you were saying earlier in the show, a big win for them last night as they are moving on to the Elite Eight. Uh, I think it's colder on Friday night when they played Ohio State. So, you know, there's another program on the Hill that's had to battle the weather, and, uh, you know, soccer's really no different in that regard. And I know they had a a good crowd there considering – uh, the sport, considering the night of the week, uh, they had two good crowds on Friday and Sunday 
and uh, like I said, a step away from that Final Four. That's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Let's talk to Ryan in Hot Springs. Ryan, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Hey, guys. I thought I, was, I, thought I had two people ahead of me. I guess they dropped out. Yeah, they did, man. You got lucky. Oh, cool. Um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited with the win. Um, I just, uh, I, and I, I, I like the way they, uh, the, they, the, the way they controlled the second half. The only thing I didn't like is if you're going to sell on the ball, I feel like you've got to get your, more of your starters out than we did. I didn't like that we left KJ in there as long as we did after, uh, after we, we just getting him back off injury and he's going to get punched. I didn't like that. But outside of that, that's my only complaint. Uh, I'm so glad we beat the crap out of Ole Miss. It felt like we kind of exercised some demons, and that was good to see. And that's really all I got. I uh, like I said, my only real complaint is I just felt like well, I wish we would have, you know, because I mean, you, Malik looks like he needs all the reps he can get, and that last uh, Saturday night would have been a great opportunity for that. That's but that's that's my only complaint. Um, I uh, I hope y'all had a good weekend and go Hogs. Ryan, appreciate the call. So let's go back to that play for a little bit. The guy wasn't trying to punch KJ in the face. He's just trying to punch the ball out. Did get the 15 yards or whatever. Should have been ejected, which he wasn't. But I love my fair part about that play is you see it happen. <laughs> Dalton Wagner comes over. Brady Latham comes over. They look like they're about to put that guy in the turf. You love that, that your offensive lineman, I mean, your job's to protect the quarterback, not only when the, the, the game's in play, but also when, when antics like that happen. And, Tommy, you saw Ole Miss do that a couple of times after the whistle. They just, at a certain point of the game, they just lost their composure, and that was another so, example. I want to be clear. What You think he was trying to punch at the ball? I mean, that's what it looked what like you, to me. So you think he should have been thrown out? I, I want to make sure, because those two didn't match no, up. No, me. I'm saying it looked like he was oh, trying okay. to punch the ball. I don't think he should have been thrown out. What did you okay, think? Okay, okay. I, I thought he was, I don't think he was trying to punch at the ball at all, but he clearly didn't connect. I thought the... The 15-yard foul and nothing more was was appropriate in that case, but I don't think he was trying to punch the ball at all. I think he was frustrated. I think he was frustrated about the game. It certainly didn't look like a an attempt on the ball to me, but I thought uh, there's enough doubt there. The fact that we have differing opinions, there's enough doubt there that you should not eject in that in that situation. So I agree, but that could have led to a melee in that ball game and. Fortunately, uh, it didn't get out of control. Yeah, the officials did a good job. Our Derek and Zach joking about it. Ken Williamson. You're welcome back anytime, man. Couple touchdowns, return for penalties. You're welcome Wait, back I inside of Razorback I thought they hated us. Not Saturday I the night. Office. Oh, man, listen, that doesn't match Greg's, up. No, Greg Sankey sent out a memo. They said <laughs> we're getting the Hogs bowl eligible tonight, boys. Y'all do what you got to do, and they uh, they did exactly yeah. that. It was great. Yeah, let's take a team out of the New Year's Day six. That that makes a lot of sense. Well, yeah, that, that financially listen, really I, good. I don't understand his logic and reasoning. I just know that their directives were followed accordingly. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's talk to Philip and Benville. Philip, what's up, man? Good morning, guys. Hey, I want to talk about. It. I was at a family reunion this weekend, and uh, we had the game on. We had well, we had two games on, uh, and and A&M came up, and and you know, their big, uh, you know, stadium that you know you had all those people there today. I mean, on Saturday, is it is is he gone this year, or do you think they do modifications and do something? What do you think a and going to do after seeing what was done Saturday? Philip, uh, appreciate the call. So for those that don't know, College Station was a ghost town on Kyle Field on Saturday. There was no one there 
for that UNES game. Partly because of the weather. It was raining a little bit. But partly just because A&M sucks. They're awful. There's no way you should have lost that football team. I know they were a different team then than they are now. But I know, Tommy, you've been adamant that he's not getting fired. You say $85 million. But, I, I mean, I showed you that video. There was no one there. And I know, but LSU, maybe they'll have some more fans when they come to town. But if they have another showing like that when the Tigers come calling. <laughs> I LSU don't know. will bring more than that. I mean, they're not going to have point. that kind of showing against LSU. You know, you played UMass, and as you said, on a bad weather day. If there was an absolute decision already made to get let Jimbo go, that wouldn't they have already done it? I mean, I mean, just stop and think. If you were going to spend $85 million to let go of your coach and then the staff plus what it costs to hire a new one, wouldn't you have already made that decision to cut cords? I don't know the inner workings of Ross Bjork. I just know he's got his hands full right now, and uh, it, it brings it brings a tear to my eye, joyful tears well, to watch that football program yeah. crumble and burn to the ground. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Let's talk to Charlie and Camden this morning. Charlie, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. Uh, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good morning. Well, that's a big win for us. You know, one thing KJ does, Frank, too, I think you guys have probably already talked about this, but it just makes the, the defensive game plan for the other teams. Like, they got to respect the fact that, you know, hey, he can throw the deep ball uh, at a pretty decent, you know, and obviously, and he's got really good touch. When he's right, when he's on, his deep ball is probably, in my opinion, as good as anybody's in the country, and that helps your running game because, obviously, you know, you're not going to put as many people in the box in that case. And I think these last week or two, in the week KJ played against Liberty, he just wasn't right. I mean, he just, obviously, without the practice reps, and he wasn't healthy. And, and Liberty knew that, and so they, they really stacked it up. And he made the offensive line better because of the fact that, you know, he was just out there and he was himself. So, Anyway, I think that's a, a big thing. And, Tommy, I agree with you. 
Did you say the basketball game was Arkansas was like 14 or 15 point favorites today? That's what I saw. 14 and a half point yeah. favorites on the Bet Saracen app. Ryan. No, I, sorry, I, no, think Ryan that's a little, I think I think it's a little high only because I think the way Louisville has lost these three games and right down to the wire. And I think that's a good matchup for Arkansas because I know they're really long. And so they're going to be able to match up athletically. I think it's going to be closer than that, but I, I think Arkansas will find a way to win. Now, have you guys heard anything about Jordan Walsh? I know uh, <laughs> that looked ugly the other night. Yeah. He's going to be a key. He's going to be a key in this tournament. I think if he is healthy too. Uh, so anyway, that's going to be big. And also, do you guys give me permission? Can I call into the Paul Feinbaum show if he still does radio or whatever? I, I'm not a fan of him. I don't know what it is, guys. But uh, he just, what's his deal with Clemson, man? Why does he hate them so much? Because Dabo and then stuck it to him a few years back? Or what's his deal? And now he's saying Bama's done? I don't I don't get him. Anyway, I'm going to call in there one day, and I'm, I'm going to be like, bro, what's wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, I'm as SEC biased as anyone, but I'm just not a fan of his. Anyways, guys, y'all have a good one. What what what's that network that Pine, Pine Bomb shows on? SEC uh, Network. That SEC would be the, Network. Yeah. I think that answers why he doesn't like Clemson. Right there. There's yeah. your answer, Charlie. Yeah, and I think with Paul, it's I mean it's a stick at times. He's actually I've I've had a chance to talk and we've talked about his father passed away uh, when he was uh, a young man as my mom did. So we've talked. We've had a connection with that. There's certain things he does just for the the flavor of ESPN and to get himself some attention, but. I don't think Alabama's done. We were talking about it before the show. Y'all, with Tennessee getting clobbered in Columbia, Hendon Hooker's knee being ACL, unfortunately, got that news. Bama's just kind of sitting there. I know USC won on Saturday night against UCLA, as did TCU and as did Michigan. They would have loved to see those teams go down. But it is not out of the realm of possibility that we don't that we don't see Alabama at some point make the college football playoff. It's a low percentage at this point in time, but do not rule out Nick Saban and company for making a trip to the college football playoff. If TCU would have not escaped and Baylor wins that game, the, the likelihood is far greater. And, yep. uh, you know, TCU still, I guess it's going to be Kansas State they got to play. I think they got Iowa State this week, and then they got to play Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. I, you know, they've escaped several. I, I like their, their chances of going undefeated, but, uh, boy, Baylor had clipped them. Alabama's going to be right there knocking on the door, you know, because of what Tennessee did. I'll tell you what, man. I've seen some Baylor heartbreaks before. I watched Oklahoma down like twenty-eight to three come back and beat them. But I can only—I was not sitting with my father on Saturday, but I can only imagine the pain and the frustration that he felt. Arkansas fans know it all too well. I guarantee my dad felt the same way. And he, by the way, he texted me and he's saying that the uh, the sandwiches at Neighbors Mill are great. He's called on doctors there before. And so, or in, in the Harrison area, so that's why uh, that's why he's been there before. Let's talk to Jr. this morning. A little football. What's up, Jr.? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going good, buddy. It's always good after a race hey, win. It is, but there, there's something about that game Saturday that I, that I just don't understand, and the fact that that we take our foot off the gas in the second half. I don't I don't understand the mentality of that, and sooner or later that's going to come back to bite you, but. There's no, there's no reason that I can understand why you go out there and just go vanilla for the last three possessions of the, the football game. I mean, that to me, you, you either put your second string in there and let them try to score uh, and take the risk of someone getting hurt, like KJ or Rocket, whoever, you know, your starters. But I just don't understand why in the world that we go that route. And, and you're right, the score doesn't show 
you know, the true game. Because when people look at that on, you know, their, uh, their, uh, whatever they're looking at social media, they say, oh, okay, that was, you know, fairly uh, tight game. And it wasn't. We all know that. But, uh, that's just, to me, I just don't, I don't understand that. Well, and me, one of these days, it, let me, let me ask you this something, JR. What was different about the first half than the second half in terms of the play calling? What did you see that play, was different? The play calling in the second half, it, it, what I seen was we didn't throw the ball any. We weren't trying to get a first down, and we our last three possessions I think were three and out right up the gut off tackle uh, with Sanders or Green. We didn't move the. We didn't. I don't. I, in fact, I don't even think we got a first down those last three possessions. We not just punted the, the ball. Not in the second. You didn't get a third down conversion in the second half. I don't know about a first down. I don't think you got a third down conversion. That was I don't a, think we got a first down. I think we ended up punting the ball because they they went four and out. Or they they went on fourth down in the end zone and ended up dropping the pass, I think. But it, that, to me, that, that you is didn't just, have to though, Jr. Huh? Isn't that great? You didn't have to get a first down. You, so didn't it great that you put yourself in a position you didn't have to get a first down? I mean, I know, but you know you what? Look at it from the standpoint that the other team doesn't have enough possessions, and if you just grind the clock, there's not enough possessions unless you turn the ball over in order for them to score enough to come back and beat you. It becomes a math equation. And that's exactly you know what, what they were the doing. math equation, I understand all that, but the fact of this right here is that you have kids sitting over there that can go out there and give you 100% effort, and it's just, if you want to look at it like that, then you should look at it as a second practice on a Saturday where your second stringers go out there and they, they try to score the ball because it's the opposing jobs team to stop you from scoring. Yeah, I guarantee you Lane Kiffin would have ran up seventy on us if he could have. Well, they made, and it, but they, he didn't. They also made adjustments, and, and here's what I'll also say about that, Jr. You probably played sports back in the day. If you're up forty-two to six, it's really hard to be as motivated as you were at the beginning of the game to the end of the game. It just is, dude. I mean, that's how it goes. And we appreciate your call this morning, brother. I mean, listen, I know that you're supposed to play to the whistle and you're supposed to do this. You're up forty-two to six. It's not. You're not the same motivated football team as you were when you started the game 0-0. That's just a fact of life, y'all. Every single one of you that's played a team sport or any competition whatsoever, when the game's in hand, you just don't play with the same energy and same intensity. Maybe that's wrong, but that's just the truth, Tommy. And that's exactly what well, showcased itself in that second half. 42-6, it's senior night. You mentioned earlier all the things that Bumper Pool had to live out and live through his first couple of years with, with Chad Morris. You really think it's fair you know, when Arkansas's finally got a home game that you're, you're in command against a conference team, a top 15 opponent? Is it fair, really, to, to Bumper, who's lived and, and died and bled for this program for a long time now? You're going to take him out and not let him enjoy that moment? Bumper Poole has earned the right to determine when he gets to go out of that ball game, and he played a lot in the second half when Arkansas was out there. I thought Arkansas was, you know, on defense, letting them move the ball maybe more than you would like it will, but it was fine. The clock was running. They weren't getting huge chunks. I'm not as upset or worried about the second half and the put off the gas. We're being a little bit too picky about how we won the football game, and the final of what, 42-28, didn't really tell the whole story. Yeah, it didn't. Well, the good thing is you're going bowling. Six wins, that gets you to a bowl game. Coach Pittman, he brought Larry back out. Let's take you inside and what that was like in the locker room. Yeah, we got a new carry case for him. I think it's an 80s vintage. Pat Doherty brought him in and in the carrying case, and we put him out. We kind of shined him up a little bit. 
by the way, we've had him available for a couple of weeks. <laughs> he looked hungry when he got out of there, you know. He was shined up, looked good, and we, we did bring him out, yeah. Coach told us in the post game Isaiah Nichols was apparently on the other end, and Coach basically just rolled it through the entire team to Nichols on that other side. He kind of had a, a pin, if you will, that he was trying to hit, but that was a celebration that this team got to have in the locker room. It was fun, and now we just got to wait, I guess, not – this Sunday, but the following Sunday, so about two weeks from now, you get to see where you're going bowling, Tommy. Yeah, what's that? Sunday the 4th, December 4th, you uh, get the bowling. Sometimes that stuff leaks out early. Uh, you know, in Memphis, somebody on the committee tells somebody. I, I think a lot of that stuff gets decided the days leading up on the lower tier bowls. So uh, I think there's probably already some preliminary discussions going back and forth between the league office and Hunter Urichek and his team about preferences and you know, that's not just with Arkansas, it's other schools. So they'll, they'll get it figured out. You'll probably learn sometime the, the afternoon of the 4th exactly what your plans are. But I think uh, Houston or Memphis, and I really think Houston might be the, the one just because of the geography of the of the situation, the fact that A&M didn't uh, end up being bowl eligible. I don't think that's horrible. You'd love to see Oklahoma on the other side of that matchup. We'll have to wait and see if we don't have the Sooner season ends up uh, our friend Joey over Fish City is feeling like it's the Liberty Bowl. Mississippi State's going to be a team that's going to be vying for that spot. I don't know. Again, we don't know these committees. Maybe we'll get some early updates from someone within, but I, I'm i excited to see who Arkansas plays less more than who where they actually will play. Now, I saw this note on the game broadcast, Tommy. Coach Pittman is the fourth coach since Lou Holtz, Ken Hatfield, and Houston Nutt to make a bowl game in his first three seasons as a Razorback head coach. We know they were at least planning to play TCU in the Texas Bowl a couple years ago. Didn't happen because TCU had some COVID issues, but that's a that's decent company to be in if you're an Arkansas head football coach. Let's talk about that a minute. And, that, and that's great. Yes, they qualified for a bowl with a three and seven record, but it was only extenuating circumstances that first year you did. I I mean, I understand that, you know, from the university perspective and, you know, the talking points perspective, what you're supposed to say about that, and it's it's factual. But, you know, I can't get too excited about claiming a bowl that you didn't actually play in at no fault of your own following a three and seven years. So, yes, you made a bowl that first year, but Ty, did you really? I mean. That's fair. I mean, you know, and I'm not usually one to take that, that viewpoint on it, but I'm not going to jump up and down and beat my chest over three in a row. It just doesn't mean as much anymore. When Frank Broyles had to do it, when Lou Holtz had to do it, there was only, you know, a, about a maybe a fourth of the, the number of bowls you can qualify for today. Um, and a six and – well, back then it would have been, uh, I guess, a six and five record uh, at that point because they didn't play 12 games would get you – would not necessarily get you in a bowl. You know, each conference maybe had maybe two or three you could get in. So uh, it's a lot easier to qualify now, but – I, you know, that three and seven deal that first year, I, I get it and I understand it, but that's not worth celebrating, in my opinion. Can we talk about the fan that stole the Ole Miss helmet? I don't know what that kid's name is. Looked like he was in college or right around my age, but there's this kid that goes down, I guess, by the Ole Miss bleachers, and I don't know his name. If someone knows who he is, let me know because I thought that was wild. This kid just Arkansas. I'm assuming it's an Arkansas fan. Just goes, jumps over, and steals number eight's helmet. And then just starts running off with it. Cops have to chase after. Did you see that video yet? I have not seen that video. Pretty nuts. Why would you want an Ole Miss helmet? I don't know. 
I don't know what his. Uh, it's like he had too much uh, liquid warmth in the in the stands up there. I guess. Well, too much courage. I guess the. Uh, I guess that was the byproduct of what his uh, drinking habits may have been on Saturday. But uh, I don't know if that guy's in jail. I don't know if he's ever going to be allowed at a Raceback Sporting event again. I don't even know if he's an Arkansas fan. I just know that that video has kind of made the waves around social media that mm. he just went up and, and grabbed that helmet or whatnot. What should, I mean, what should be the penalty for that if there is one? Oh, you probably, the university probably should not allow him back in for a year or two. I don't think a lifetime ban should be issued. I mean, you're probably going to get, if the, if the police get to you, I don't know, would you charge someone with theft? I, I don't I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, a stern talking to it at a minimum, I guess. Pretty gutsy, pretty bold. So Pretty stupid. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're going to steal a helmet, I don't want my opponent's helmet. I want a Razorback helmet, right? So who, Texas? And Chris and Fayetteville said it's not a good look for, for Hog fans oh. to go do that. I, I mean, if I if I was an old Miss, if I was the old Miss player that that happened to, I'd be pretty ticked off. He he was, you could tell he was mad, but he at least held his composure for not going to chase after the guy. He had to some of the coaches delirious stuff to from go. the cold, I guess. Maybe I don't yeah, know, man. So. And it was I'm gonna be honest, Tommy, and maybe y'all. I kind of agreed with what Nelson Harrison said earlier. It was not as cold as I thought it was gonna be, and because the wind didn't blow. The is that wind why? Laid down. Okay. Yeah. If the wind had stayed up Saturday night. Uh, I was worried about having to do the show by myself. Chuck's in Hawaii. You, you'd have been under the weather. I was really worried. That's why I stayed home. One of us had to be be healthy for today. If that wind would have been 15, 20, 15 to 15 miles an hour, you'd have a whole different opinion uh, on what that what it felt like. It would have been down in the teens on the wind chill. Was it? Oh, man, I, I'm going to be wasn't, It wasn't because the wind stayed uh, you know, very calm. You got lucky in that regard. I haven't worn Lawn John since I think the last time I went skiing, but that Lawn John sweat, jean, duck boot combo with the uh, the sweatshirt, the lawn sleeve t-shirt, the flannel, and then the jean jacket. I mean, I was, I was pretty warm. I didn't have hot hands or anything. I, I'm, that's something my, I remember my dad used to make us do when we were kids, but I'm, I guess the wind like you're talking about not having that helped. And I think it was just the, the adrenaline that you had on senior night as well. I mean, Football team just gave you a great performance. Hats off to every senior that uh, went out on a high note Saturday night, their last game ever in Rageback Stadium. I say their last game. Tommy, you got some young men that got some decisions to make in the coming weeks about what they're yeah. going to do with their future, if they're going to move on or stick with Razorback football one more year. Hey, we're brought to you this morning by Arves Bank. I mean, just over the hill from where I'm at in Harrison and probably just around the corner from wherever you're at, there's an Arves Bank near you. And in fact, since... 1961, Arvest Bank's been taking care of their customers first. It all started as the Bank of Bentonville, and now they're virtually, I mean, seemingly in every community that, that we're in, there's an Arvest Bank somewhere just around the corner from you. Whether it's a personal loan or a business loan, deposits, treasury management, business credit cards, personal credit cards, mortgage services, and mortgage loans, they are always there for you at Arvest Bank. Find them online at arvest.com and let them put your needs first with Arvest Bank. Arvest Bank always ready to help equal housing lender, member FDIC. We had mentioned the Dallas Cowboys yet. They get a big-time win over the Minnesota Vikings. I said on Friday, Kirk Cousins is a fraud in big games. I know he got sacked seven times, but Tony Pollard and company just dominated the Vikings' defense. And offensively, Kirk Cousins was getting swallowed up by Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and the rest of those guys. I mean, they just absolutely. Six different Cowboys had sacks in that game. Did they really? Parsons had two and everybody else had one. There was, I think uh, that's how that sack board read yesterday. Micah Parsons is a special, 
special football player. I mean, he's unbelievable the way he manages to get to a quarterback. I know T.J. Watt had a great day for the Pittsburgh Steelers yesterday, too. But, I mean, that kid, I don't know if there's a better edge rusher in the National Football League than what Jerry Jones has in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people compare him to Lawrence Taylor, OLT, and, uh, you know, he, he is that kind of player, uh, difference maker up front. So the it, it, question is, can the Cowboys actually get to a Super Bowl? And I, can they actually win the division to, to play at home some? I mean, they get the Eagles on Christmas Eve. They get the Giants this week who who are beat up with injury. They got creamed uh, they need the by Eagles. Detroit. Yes, right. They need the they need the Eagles to lose. They 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 won by a point over the the Colts yesterday. Uh, so they need some help with the Eagles, and then they got to beat them at home, and maybe maybe a little help and a clean slate the rest of the way. But the Cowboys have overcome so much just to get to this point. Uh, they're going to be a hard out, but you don't like their odds a whole lot. I think they got to go on the road every round. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.